Hello and welcome to Eyewitness Beauty, the podcast where we talk about the biggest stories in the beauty industry each week. I am Nick Axelrod, known as also Nick Axelrod Welk, joined by Annie Axelrod Welk, also known as Annie Craigbaum, also known as Diamond Creekbaum. Oh, did you adopt me? Mm-hmm. Welcome. I just didn't want you to feel left out. Remind me, are you Abba? I'm Abba. <laughs> okay, okay. And dad. Um, and Casey's dad. Yeah. Okay. I just didn't want to be dad and daddy because I just felt that when she was like 11 or 12, she would stop wanting to call one of us daddy. I don't know. Maybe not. You know what we all forgot about? Do you remember when Louis C.K. directed, wrote and directed a movie called like be my daddy or something and it was with chloe grace moritz like as his daughter or like there's some like weird sexual story that he like directed a full movie it was in black and white like very artistic and then the uh accusations against him like uh came out and they like buried the movie maybe it was just called daddy the the movie weird because i feel like his allegations don't have anything to do with like a daddy dynamic they don't, but I just think it was the idea that like he made this like sexualized movie about Chloe Grace Moritz. I mean, I don't, I, I haven't heard of that. So doesn't Chloe like, Chloe Grace Moritz also just sounds like a Jewish prayer, doesn't it? Another thing I'm not familiar enough to speak <laughs> on. <laughs> Fine. Can you tell me something interesting that happened this week? Mm, let me think. Oh, I have a reader participation opportunity. <laughs> Hit me. Um, my skin has been so bad, and I need help. <laughs> um, you know what it is? It's the changing of the seasons. Uh, it could be the fact that I've just been partying for the past like eight weeks. <laughs> True. No, and, <laughs> and using like, it's very like you, incon- yeah, consistent quaaludes are not and- good for your skin. What aren't quaaludes? Quaaludes? I haven't seen a quaalude in years. I know. My my ex had a quaalude that he was just holding on to for like historical <laughs> purposes. <laughs> like for him for like to donate to a museum. <laughs> Seriously, it was like this it was <laughs> anyway. In like a glass box. Anyway. Uh no. I, you know what? That, if we have nothing to talk about, let's not no, waste our breath and Oh, we do. We do. We do. I was gonna say. Let's I want to tell everybody news, about. But... Oh well, I wanted the to tell the readers to give me free healthcare and tell me what's going on with my face. So here's what I've tried. Well, here's my problem. I'm getting really underground, like deep acne all along my chin. So obviously that means something, like my neck and jawline. So if you you can even Google like face map acne, and it'll be like that's hormonal. So I was like, okay know that much and then I was like googling how to treat hormonal acne like female 34 and anyway I said ashwagandha came up I'm like okay great that's easy um so I started taking the answer is always ashwagandha honestly I know and so I was like okay Mary Chantal Bacon I'm gonna get some ashwagandha pills so I've been taking those (laughs) Amanda Chantal Bacon not Mary Chantal Bacon Oh, sorry. Mary Lou from Selling Sunset is just like top of mind right now, but we'll get to that. Yeah, her. And so going through, I'm going through my Chantal Bacon era and taking ashwagandha and steaming every day and doing a cold shower, um, which seemed to be helping. Everything was clearing up. And then I had one night this week because I'm I'm limiting myself to one night of martinis and oysters a week. (laughs) And then I like didn't wash my face until I don't know 4 a.m. and then everything just went to shit. So, I mean, I, I see the cause and effect logically speaking, but if somebody has a silver bullet and would like to share, so you don't, you're you're avoiding, <laughs> you're not acknowledging the cause and effect. You want like a different answer. Yeah, yeah, I would like like a quick fix and something that, and I've even because. Because basically I've tried – I've been doing all the hard things. So I'm like, why can't I just have one night? Why? Like, what – is there one thing that I can do to, like, prevent that besides washing my face and not, like, you know, going out and being, like, super fun and 
carefree. Yeah, young, enjoying and life. Carefree. Speaking of young, do you know that I turn forty next week? No. Yeah, Nick, isn't you, that crazy? The self sacrifice that is happening right now that you haven't been mentioning that and planning a fortieth birthday bash, and instead you've been working well, because- on contraposto. Yeah. Well, here's the thing. I mean, number one, can I quote you on that and tell my husband? Number two, my birthday is November 25th, which is like a few days after Thanksgiving. And historically, no one has ever been around to celebrate my birthday. So on my 21st birthday, I was with my parents because it was like the day after Thanksgiving. It's either like the day of the day after, you know, like it's it just like sucks. So I'm not doing anything. I love the sad birthday visibility that you're bringing to this podcast right now because I think with social media, we are pressured to have fun birthdays every year. And I guess what? I don't like it. And I think that people can probably pick up on that and that's why (laughs) they don't (laughs) want to come to my party. Oh, I I don't like it. it. I think it's the one because I... I feel like the people who love birthday parties always have the most fun birthday parties. No, that's not true. Well, I don't know if it's the birthday party itself that I love, but I love the attention. And I feel because the rest of the year, I feel like I'm not allowed to ask for attention. But on my birthday, I'm like, this is the one day where I can. You have to make yourself small because of like America. Mm-hmm. Yeah. Because I've been gaslit into thinking that um, I'm n- unworthy of love and affection. That's not true, though. You're totally worthy. Speaking I know. of love and affection. On October 11th every year. Why were we talking about – oh, I was saying, Nick, I really appreciate it because I think, you know, and then when you don't have a fun birthday, then it's like really – makes birthdays really depressing. I know. I know. So I had that basically. Like I had a depressing one last year because our surrogate went into like emergency labor and <laughs> – um, we had to cancel my dinner. So I'm just like, you know what? Never mind. Yeah. Nothing. I mean, um, that's a good excuse. Here's though. what I want to talk about. Go for it. Okay, but I have a really important thing I want to talk about. Okay. Miss George Santos. Oh, yes. Yes. Oh, God. What was... I know. I didn't I didn't know we had a beauty girly among us, but He's he's shopping at Sephora. He's shopping at Sephora. I wonder. He's going on he, VIB he's Rouge. Shop, he's VIB he's spending Rouge. money at Sephora. He's definitely VIB Rouge. He is getting Botox, and he's even like buying a few OnlyFans accounts. I did that. At um, work. and I honestly, Yasser Lester, friend of the pod, Instagram something really funny today, which. <laughs> Yasser Lester, friend of the pod, uh, posted something funny on Instagram. He like was retweeting an ethic a uh, uh, tweet that said, "Ethics report: George Santos used campaign funds to pay for OnlyFans, Botox, Sephora." And Yasser wrote, "So George Santos rules." <laughs> yeah. So one of us. One of us. One of us. He's one of us. All I wanted to say is that he's one of us. He's like he's getting his check and he's going to Sephora. Who who's, who among us? Who, he he or she without blame cast the first stone. That's what I have to say. Who among us hasn't done maybe, that? Maybe maybe more politicians need to be go- stopping in Sephora every once in a while. Yeah, like be with the people. Anyway, that was my no, biggest like, beauty pick story. Pick up some of the product. <laughs> oh, true. Like get Mitch McConnell some contouring. You know, he's even he's a senator, ret- but you know what I mean. Get a get a starter retinol. Like, I don't know. Get a get a light mask. Oh, you know what I'm getting? Speaking what? of speaking of things I have I find like socially distasteful is asking for free stuff. You know, I'm like really bad at like calling in free product, but I did call in a new Dr. Dennis Gross light mask. <laughs> that said. And and their body the version. No, I'm getting because I've had. They're, how big is it? It's your whole body. It's well, you can't use it. You can use it on lots of different areas of your body: your back, your chest, your neck. I'm gonna do it on my butt, the back of my legs. Like I'm gonna everywhere is getting the red light treatment. Um, but it's only about I don't know. It's maybe like 
a foot and a half wide and then like eight inches tall and and it like moves it's it's bendable uh, anyway full report coming but i can't wait i've had my I last one for since i worked since into the gloss days isn't that crazy you know that you know that the red light mask also might help your acne you're talking about i know yeah yeah and i've been doing it it helps so with inflammation like somebody give me something new to do because oh you want like a new you, you it's all the okay and I've been doing this consistently for at least six days. <laughs> <laughs> and why has it? You know what, though? Honestly, like that, what you just said is what makes me nervous as a product formulator and a brand founder. People don't have the patience to like, like they want something that that promises long term results, but they want to see results in under six days. Do you know what I mean? I don't think that. I think that that's because you of just the way said it. Pro- no, 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 no. Hear, hear me out. I think that products are marketed as like instant fixes. Like if if brands would just be upfront and be like, "Here's the study showing that like after X number of weeks, these were the results," and it was truly like a good study with a big sample size, photos, all of that, then I think people could use the product consistently because then it gives them like a goalpost. You know, but I think when you don't have that information and everything is like marketed as like a quick before and after and with like the fine print yeah. at the bottom that like, I don't know, and it's like one person and she probably doesn't even have the same like skin issues that you do really. Anyway, so there's some free marketing advice. Actually, it's not free. All of these things. I love it. Advice. Um, but it's so expensive to do that. I don't know. But oh, have you did you try the Mary Allen products? Yeah, I I don't love them. <gasps> really? They're my favorite. Yeah, I don't I think they're like cool, but they don't really do anything. Oh, you're lying. I mean different take opinions. Different opinions. Yeah, that's my that's my opinion. You're allowed to, to have that? You're allowed to keep you're allowed to hold your wrong opinion. I'm all, I, we George, can but George two. Santos, I love that you brought up George Santos because that is, it's he's calm and he, gold. He's like calm. He's, like, he's also. I was gonna say. Oh, I thought you were common ground. I think we can all agree that George Santos is good. I, I'm. <laughs> you said that when the allegations come out, <laughs> or maybe there are the allegations out. are out. I also love who Ted Cruz. Is it him? No, it's not Ted Cruz. Who's the Paulet Rick something that wears the lifts in his boots? Oh, Rick Santorum with his like high heels. It is so wild that he thinks that politicians are insane. Politicians are so I know. Like corrupt. <laughs> we won't get into it. There yeah. No, 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 no. But like let that just sort of let that sink in to know let that sink in let that sink um in. let's okay you heard it I here first other yeah you heard it here first okay ready what do you want to start with oh i have a corrections corner from last week what okay so i saw priscilla i saw priscilla and we know the sophia coppola of, movie like, and and i loved it so I almost unreservedly take back any criticism except for the makeup at the wedding Anyway, it was great. I highly recommend everybody see it. And it just goes to show you that you don't really need a strong ending for your screenplay, which is promising for me. <laughs> oh, I was going to say that you don't have to listen to Andy Kriegbaum either. Oh, you no, no, no. Why would they not? This is Don't listen to anything right? we say. No, you must. You, for this concept to work. No, you were, like, you were being critical of the makeup and now you're, and now oh, you're, no, I'm, you're, I still, you're I, walking it all back. I'm not. Wa- I I was just critical of the movie overall and saying like I wasn't. I, right. I cast a negative light on the project as a whole for this, what I realized were very insignificant reasons. I do think they should have fucking made the wedding makeup more intense. I think they could have made the makeup throughout the whole movie more intense. Generally speaking, her like makeup and costumes are restrained, except obviously from Marie Antoinette. That's what had me stop. Yeah, I'm not a big enough expert on like what they wore back then to really give an opinion on that either. 
I'm scared to give. But it's worth seeing. At the point at this point. Oh, absolutely. I want to see it again and again. And whoever made some comments about Jacob Elordi not being a good Elvis and people laughing at his performance at the London premiere, like you need to kick rocks. Okay, because he did such a good job and it was it had to have been difficult with him being so tall and so angular, but he did it and it wasn't funny. It was good. And, you know, I think I just want to protect Jacob Elordi at all costs. I mean, I am so much less annoyed by Jacob Elordi than I am by Austin Butler. I but don't get me started on Baz Luhrmann films. I just think they're so tacky, except for Moulin Rouge. Yeah, but it's like almost like Moulin Rouge was like the only moment in which like his aesthetic crossed like the cultural relevance. Like if there was a Venn diagram of like Baz Luhrmann's aesthetic and like the like the you know, aesthetic of the times, like when Moulin Rouge came out was like the only time where it didn't feel gaudy and stupid. Yeah, it was like peak. Like, I'm like, okay, like it, Carnival, like that, Britney Spears. That was, that was m- high culture back then. Yeah, and then they did the music video with Christina Aguilera and Pink. Yeah. And why am I forgetting the other? Maya. <gasps> Can we Kim. talk about... Cassie and Diddy, not to make this like dark, but like he's a psychopath. Yeah, I mean, that's like a pretty well, allegedly, but yeah, I mean, they're so what Annie is referring to is a bombshell, I I think a pretty bombshell lawsuit that was filed just within the like year. I think it's actually kind of a complicated story because there's a stat, there's typically a statute of limitations. You can't like sue someone, you know, 25 years after they. Well, you know, criminally, stuff, right? They, you know, you're talking about like in a I criminal think, court, but yeah, because you can sue anybody for anything at any time, and so that's what's happening now. She's like, it's civil court that she's suing him for rape and a- a- abuse, and um, anyway, and now, now but that she's what's come interesting forward, it's about kind it of is the floodgates for more people to like co-sign that he's a fucking psychopath. So enjoy the white party. Yeah. All you enablers. Only information I have to move this story forward is that I one time met Cassie in 2011 at, I feel like, a Diddy listening party for a new album. And she was, like, delightful and so cool and smart and interesting and fun. You were going to Diddy listening parties? (laughs) I think I was an editor at Elle magazine, and I got invited to, like, you know, a pre long you know i was basically i i was an enabler i guess mm-hmm. okay you heard it here first carly claus just bought id magazine she did and i oh i uh i appreciate her buying id magazine saving it i also like that the picture that they that she you know included with the press release is her like in a business suit Girl bossing. I'm just like, that's a good, like, yeah. It's like, you know, you're going to, like, buy a magazine, make some moves. You better put on a a blazer, you know? You know who is the, like, global, like, editorial director for ID is Olivia Singer, who used to write for Into the Gloss. Really? Yeah, my old friend. We interviewed Lindsay Lohan together in London for, for Into the Gloss. Oh, right. My whole thing about ID magazine or magazines in general is I have I am 40 years old next week. I don't think I've ever opened <laughs> an issue of ID magazine. Really? I, I know have. that you always close one eye if you're on the cover. Yeah. I know that it's like iconic British sort of Jefferson like un- was sort of underground Jefferson Hack, you know, magazine but like i could not tell you what their angle is on fashion and culture like what what makes it different from pop magazine what makes it different from another magazine 
the oh another well isn't, Brit- isn't pop british is it i always associate pop with like yeah really they have a str- i think they're all i i and here's my thing this. is i think like explain to me what the difference is between another magazine and id magazine and pop magazine well, we need to also say she bought it because Vice has been just crumbling for the past several years. Vice, which was once like the premier like media agency, like was dominating, like doing Super Bowl commercials and like doing bombshell investigative reporting and pissing people off. And they, but now they're bankrupt and Carly Kloss is buying like, ID magazine as if it's like a new like Birkin. So where's my question is, where's the rise and fall of Vice Media book expose? Where are I we discussing like that? I Googled it. I couldn't I think find there it. There is a book. Well I'm just saying. There is <laughs> a, an um, entity that truly did rise and fall. <laughs> Literally, right? Um, I'm just trying to. I, that's a great question. It's hard because when you search Vice, it's you're not getting magazines. You're getting their own like books that they've um, published. Um, yeah. And speaking of girl bossing, did you see the Kim Kardashian GQ Man of the Year? Yeah, I. I here's my thing. I'm checking out of the Kardashians. Nice try. I think it's interesting to me because Kim is free of Kanye and she's like still making like major moves, you know? Because she's famous. I know, but like there's a lot of really famous people that like that are like being boring. And so, okay. Do- so Kim Kardashian was on the cover of GQ Men, Men of the Year issue, right? And that made a big splash because obviously she identifies as a woman. Yeah. Okay, but here's here's a here's a question: Who should have been let Let's play outraged uh, Instagram poster. Okay, who should have been GQ's Man of the Year this year? Who was it really the year of? George Santos. <laughs> 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 I'm trying to think of like who really, I mean, really caused the stir of the year. I don't know. Zelensky though has had kind of a little downturn, and I think approval ratings. But if they were going to get political with it, oh, but I see where you're going with that. I see where you're going um, with that. Okay. Time historically has named men of the year that are not like quote unquote good, but have just like made a big impact. But honestly, I'm drawing a blank. I don't know what man do we care about. None. That's a great question. Um, okay, here's who I would say. I'm just look. I'm going through the Just Jared Instagram account to try to figure out who should have been Man of the Year. Okay, you're taking like the People Magazine. Um, yeah. Well, I, no, but I'm just like thinking like who's popping in culture. Okay. You know what I mean? Like who? You know, there was the year of like Shia LaBeouf, like before all the accusations when he had that Instagram account where it was like all of his outfits. Like I would have been like, okay, Shia LaBeouf is the man of the year, right? That year. (laughs) You're wild. The year that that when he like was. (laughs) That is. I'm saying before the accusations. That he has a fan account that documents. This is GQ. It's a fashion magazine. We're not talking about their like humanitarian work. I know, but I'm saying. That's not the name of this game. But it's not even like Kim Kardashian has been like playing with like gender and fashion or like it's it's like completely random that she's the man of the year. What makes her a man? That she's like a business, like a girl boss. Okay. And Nick's. No, but like what are they implying by making her the man of the year? I'm just like wondering what they're like. She's a divine masculine. She's a divine masculine. Okay. I don't know about that. Maybe Harry Styles. Okay. Okay. He's really talented. Is he really um, talented? Okay. So my what here's what I say. I say Harry Styles is man of the year material. David Beckham. Yeah, there you go. Now we're talking. No, Messi. 
That's a good one. Messi, I, I think that's a good one. Uh, Lionel truly, Messi. He truly brought like soccer into the mainstream in the US. And like the deal that they did. Oh my God, Tom Sandoval. Wow. See, this is why you get paid the what big bucks think? at CAA. I mean, UTA. <laughs> I work at UTA. Sorry. <laughs> what about, uh, who else? Hmm. What about that like musical theater nerd who like ended up hooking up with Ariana Grande? <laughs> mm, no, too niche. Okay. You know who, um, what are our honest, you know who I think is just like kind of. So, how about Wayne Brady, our pansexual king, Wayne Brady? He's pansexual. He came out as pansexual. That was, that, that didn't get, a, that didn't get enough. Like uh, from the like yeah, sketch comedy show? <laughs> yeah. Okay. Go off. I love that. Oh my God. No, here's who it is. It's the it's the bear, the chef from the bear, Jeremy there Allen Green, go. or whatever his name is. You know what? Jeremy Allen White. He's the man of the year. <laughs> I don't know if I can do another season of cousin. I can't do another season of cousin over and over and over again. I'm sorry. Like everything What's else. Cousin? That they they use the word cousin all the time. They're always referring to each other as cousin. Like I think it's like a Philly thing or something. Oh, I I can't take another. I can't. It takes place take in Chicago. It. I can't take it. Doesn't it take place in Chicago? Oh, I don't know. Wherever it does. Also, who was it? You who was like outraged about the fact? Oh no, <laughs> I'm not even going to mention who it was. I saw someone on Instagram being like copying, you know, like inspiration much, and was posting old. Uh, Louis magazine covers because the new the Skims holiday campaign shot by Nadia Lee Cohen was very like Louis magazine esque. No, yeah, and it was like a one for one. To copy. which I say, well, it, but it wasn't. It was. It was literally that was the that was the comment. Right, like right. The, it was, it was supposed to look. Like yeah, that. yeah, yeah. Yeah, it wasn't. It wasn't like they were like script. They were like changing one thing and trying to make it seem like original. I think it, the whole idea was Louis Magazine. The outrage culture. You know who I bet it was? Was it? Was it Yana? Whatever her name is. No. Because she she like called me out one time. You guys, you this? guys got into it. You guys got into it. You guys got into it. It was really it on bizarre. What it was happened? Like, Okay, so um, this is Yana from AKA Gel Cream, who I adore. Yeah, like she's great, talented. Like Annie no, thought she did too until what happened. I still think she's talented. There's no no changing that. Like I think she like listen, it's great. I just but, had a very weird interaction that I like. It surprised me, and also she tell the readers we followed each other, so she has a direct line to me. But it was like during like uh, I think it was the. I mean, still, this is happening. You know, people just post online like they just want to be outraged about anything. And she posted that she took a photo from like a hand cream campaign that was like it was like a one to one homage to an Irving Penn photo of hands. But like in our own way, shot by like a super talented photographer who is like not a hack, who's incredible named Lauren Coleman. And the photo was beautiful. And so was the original. It was nobody was trying to pull the wool over anyone's eyes, being like, "Look at this like concept of a backlit hand that we came up with," you know. But she posted it like publicly to her Instagram, like basically being like, "This is so shameful to like rip off like Irving Penn in this way." I'm like, "Good God, this like came out of nowhere." And so I just sent her messaging like, "Hey, like, why are you?" doing this this is such a weird thing to like post like if you were mad why didn't you send me a note and like we could have talked about it but also like why are you like i feel like i feel like when it comes she's like no i think it's hands i think when it comes to hands (laughs) there's a lot of sensitivity that is hands (laughs) are her thing she did invent hands and I do think that Yana would would uh, would acknowledge that. I have to give it that, to her. She, you know, she's very sensitive about hands. Yeah. So maybe that was it. But it was just like, you got to be kidding me. Anyway, that's my thought. Like, go off. Get mad. Let's talk. I don't know. It's so weird. There's so many. I just thought it was weird because there's so many more important things to, like, be outraged about, you know? 
And like Irving Penn doesn't need like protecting. Within beauty, though, there's not that many things to be outrageous about. Like within beauty, you know, imagery. I, think I used to, like I that, did. For that day, it was like a good thing to be outraged about. I remember being outraged one time where a designer like casted the same model that I did and then like used a very obvious like the same prop like it was clear that like the photo shoots were like inspired by each other and man she was like very that made you mad well it kind of did I don't know I think I was also like working so hard and like I was like giving so much of like myself to like every piece of creative that came out so like when something did get ripped off it was just like it felt like really unfair it felt like kind of like stealing from the little guys in a way I don't know I know people don't like to think of like Glossier as like the little guys now, but like back then it was like very, you know, uh, elbow grease. Anyway, very pure. It felt very pure. Here's speaking of pure, you know what we didn't talk about last week? The fact that Goop launched a spinoff brand called Good Clean Goop in Target. Oh, I think I heard about this. Do we think the Target customer um, will, or Target and Amazon, it's called Good Clean Goop. It's like cheaper versions of all their products, essentially. Do we think that the Target customer will embrace the Gwyneth of it all, like the preciousness of that brand? Mm, Let's think. What other brands have entered Target that are on that same scale? Preciously. Remember when Shabby Chic was like the like premier design yep. aesthetic in the early aughts? It's, yeah. And then she went into Target and it went gangbusters. I think they still carry her stuff there. Yeah. Not Laura Ashley, but I forget. Uh no. Uh Rachel Ashwell. Mm. And there was definitely you knew there was like an ash shush ash mm-hmm. around it. Mm-hmm. The other thing we didn't talk about, and this is just now I'm just having a thought, is Troy Sivan launched a beauty brand. No, <laughs> it's called, it's something in Yiddish. Sue Lang Yor. Yeah, he's Jewish. What a strange choice. It's called Sue Lang Yor. Which... What are the products? Oh, he's the creative director. Oh, he's another creative director. Snaps for celeb creative directors. And it means to long years and to good years. Aww. Oh, it looks nice. He's doing a good job. It's giving Earl. Yeah. Um, it's him and his brother. I bet, I bet ERL shot it. Mm. Is he a photographer or like what's his? Do- okay, Dover Street Market. Yeah, yeah this is good. this is very ERL coded. Good for him. I mean, this looks this looks nice. I think an unorthodox elevation for self and sanctuary. Hmm. You got it, babe. Anyway, welcome to the beauty industry. Welcome, welcome. We're all. Here. Um, you have a lot, a lot, a lot, a lot to talk about selling sunset. Do we want to just skip over Chris Appleton and Lucas Gate? Friend yeah. of the pod, Chris Appleton. <laughs> we are. And friend of the pod, Lucas Gage. Yeah, we are friends. We're very sad to report that. I'm Team Lucas. <gasps> Nick, what happened? What? Really? I mean, I am too. Just I love Lucas. I do too. Who, fuck Chris Appleton. Who cares about him? He's a friend of the pod, though. I thought maybe we would be we would both side this equation. Listen, he told. Remember when he told me mm-hmm. that my hair was iconic and that I didn't need to change it? That seems that's the way I remember no, the conversation I going. I don't remember that part of the conversation. I do remember he had the best lighting situation that I've ever seen. Right? Yeah, he had a lot of lights. Okay, so Team Lucas, I guess. Like, really good. You're squarely Team Lucas in this. Interesting. Let's go. Mm-hmm. Let's go. And then the other thing, which I actually think is interesting, we should talk about, is that Road Beauty's uh, CEO, who had come from... Versed. What's that? What Versed or Versed. I never know which one it is. 
has already left the company. She was only there for a year, I think. Mm-hmm. Does that feel right? Yes. I I've I have heard that it's not a smooth operation there. Allegedly. Clearly and allegedly. I just it seems like something that you should that is sort of anatomically necessary. Anyway, selling sunset, sunset. arts and culture. We barely scratched the surface of this season of Selling Sunset and my brother's in town and I made him, (laughs) I was going to make him watch the reunion with me, but I was like, no, this doesn't make any sense. We have to start from episode one of season seven. And then, and I was watching it on (laughs) my TV because I normally, I watch it on the computer while I'm like doing stuff. So this was like in 4k high def and I really was immersed in the Selling Sunset experience. And so I started taking notes. First of all, Amanza is a star. She, I feel like they kind of like keep her as like a side character. Like she's gorgeous. She's like a whole lot of woman. And like she always wears the wackiest shit. Single mom. She used to be, she's like an interior designer, but now she's in the real estate game and she helps stage the houses. And she's a total like goofball, but she's actually like queen of like the whole cast. And then there's Emma. Emma is the like seven foot, like blonde with the empanada company and then there's barbie barbie yeah one thousand percent barbie <laughs> what she has she has an empanada company yeah we talked about this last week i had to go do any of these women sell real estate apparently they do like apparently nicole is the top agent but we, we'll get to nicole and then there's mary lou so mary lou is oh, she's the one with all the tattoos yes but mary lou is like the white horse of this season of this whole franchise like mary lou was too good for this show like i don't know what jason so mary lou is the like 24 year old girlfriend of one of the brothers that owns the real estate firm and he is the one that used to date chris shell who's currently an agent at the company along with two other of his ex-girlfriends who are also agents at the company but chris shell is his like most recent ex they had like, which feels like an HR nightmare. They don't have HR, by the way. And by the way, HR is not your friend. So let's stop <laughs> pretending that HR would like solve any True. bullshit. HR, yeah, HR. Never, actually, that's a really great point. HR are pigs. HR, A C A B HR. HR more like N O. Then blue line. Yeah, that's when you okay, go continue. and you talk to HR. <laughs> So Chriselle and Jason's relationship played out on the show. She wanted to have babies. He didn't because he's a man child. And we all were on like team Chriselle because she was like so like broken and whatever. We've since discovered, like we said last week, that Chriselle is the mean girl and nothing. And after seeing again how she treated Mary Lou, who is like the most precious angel that should have never been on the show to begin with, her cruel, her very cruel, obviously, ex who convinced her to be on this show is the problem but then Chriselle continued to emotionally abuse her throughout this season okay let's let's talk. so one thing I was realizing watching the show we have a yellow foundation epidemic on reality tv it needs to stop these makeup artists that do their makeup they, are, need, they need to not everybody is is a yellow it's too yellow is, has yellow undertones like put the banana powder away this is fucking insane on all of them on all of them we're seeing a lot of wig lines on my computer. I wasn't picking that up on the big screen. Like we're seeing a lot of the lace front wigs on, across the board. Mm-hmm. The lashes are so extreme. It's so fucking wild. And really the most uncanny valley thing about watching this show, because it, like I said last week, it's like the visual equivalent of ketamine. It's so beyond reality, but like, realistic enough to make the whole experience of watching it very freaky but the most uncanny valley thing is like their eyebrows none of the characters eyebrows move and i know that that's not that interesting and i know it's so yeah it's too it's well that's a it's a boat it's a it's a botox epidemic is really what it is yeah but it's weird like their eyebrows don't move and they'll be like having serious conversations and none of their eyebrows are moving it just makes it really fucking weird you know we were talking about the skims bra the nipples that's mary lou now i get it because mary Mm -hmm. lou is that they have the funniest like when you say that 
You mean like just like young, perky? Erect nipples 24-7. Like as part of the outfit. Like they're like part of the look. That's Mary Lou did that. That was her. So now I understand. The other funny thing about this show is like, I you you were like you're done with the Kardashians, but the Kardashians at least like can form intelligent thoughts, and I know that that's a lot of people are going to be. Like, uh, I mean, okay, I mean, yes, but like it's not. It's 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 uh. There's an asterisk, which is like we're not getting more and more intelligent than you would expect. Selling Sunset is hilarious because we're not going to. It's really we're not it's getting really really here. bad. We're getting like the worst comebacks, the worst insults. Like these women do not know how to <laughs> go to battle. Like no, I kind of I agree. It is, I know, it's honestly I know, I know. my worst nightmare. Is I, I first of all I don't like to be confrontational. I am like I'm having heart palpitations. The fact that I brought up the like photo of drama with the hands right now, <laughs> hiding behind my podcast, but. If I were to be confrontational, if I were to say any of the stupid shit that these women said, I don't think I could ever like look in the mirror ever again. I think I would just be so ashamed at like my inability to express myself intelligently. With like a good comeback. Yes. So some examples are, oh, you I heard you said I was a social climber. And then (laughs) this is Emma to Nicole. They're always picking on Nicole. They hate Nicole. Nicole's the one with the tats. She's like the tatted up one. <laughs> Apparently she's like the longest like agent there, but she also was like kind of has like the worst taste of all of them. And she's married to this fucking dork who apparently is charged of like music, uh, like the video game company that does Call of Duty. Because when I saw him on the show, I was like, this dork like has a dorky job. And then I was right. I could just tell, you know what I mean? Like those like straight dads in LA mm-hmm. that like, they're not cool. You could smell it. They think they work in the creative industry, but they're like not cool. They wear like mm-hmm. plaid button downs and hats all the time. You know, like toxic. They probably were born and raised in Southern California. That's her husband. And he, we hate him because he sent a, he got involved in like the girl drama and sent a Manza who is without fault ever a text that said, fuck you, because she like got into a stupid argument with his wife. And they're like all friends. Wait, you know, it's oh, it never ends well. It never ends well when the husbands. It's so like, tacky when the, hum- the husbands get involved. It's like the, I this know. is when this is women's work. Like you need to like go over there and like play your like, stupid little video games and like not bring your. You don't even have fuck you. Like speaking of like terrible like comebacks and unintelligent like. <laughs> fuck you like it was so weird okay the one other thing i have one little piece of insider information for those who don't live in los angeles so the oppenheim group which is the real estate firm that these people theoretically are employed at had an office before the show on sunset it was like you know basically one office in sunset plaza which is in west hollywood and I had dinner across the street at a restaurant last night, and I noticed that they've expanded into like the entire like block is now like the Oppenheim Group, and it's basically a movie set. And people, it's like a tourist attraction. People were like taking pictures in front of it and like looking into it. Do they it's, still like, have those very like steampunk? Yeah. Do they still have those vibes. ugly desks? Those horrible like sheet metal? Yeah, it's steampunk. Yeah. Who would? <laughs> I, they do. I, I couldn't work with the Oppenheim And my group sweet, sweet to, husband, Casey, was like, I just... What? To sit at that desk. Yeah. If I saw those desks, like, as a client, I would be like, oh, this is actually <laughs> not my real estate firm. <laughs> like, sorry, we just have different... <laughs> we have different, like, ideas of how the world should... Casey was, though, worried. He was like, ugh, I feel bad that they expanded, you know, given that the real estate market isn't... You know, very great right now, and I was like, I think they're going to be fine. They actually re- they they address. Like, I that. mean, now they have they have the OC, they, that they have Cabo. Yeah. Mm-hmm. yeah. Um. So some amazing moments from episode one and two and three. I think I made him watch all three. One, you have to go. If nothing else, you just need to watch the show to see Amanda, our queen, going to a Mexican restaurant for a scene. Wearing a Kawasaki motorcycles like 
short and jacket combo and leather fingerless like Carl Lagerfeld gloves and her sitting there <laughs> and oh in cornrows and like the tightest cornrows you've ever seen and her sitting there with her gloved fingerless gloved hands eating chips and guac is the most hilarious thing. <laughs> you look you look suspicious like it's not as funny as it is but I promise you Nick <laughs> And then they go to the Sheets Goldstein residence, which just seems like the creepiest place. Have you been An there? iconic L.A. house been... that that. No, but like, no, I just don't get invited to parties. But I wouldn't want to go to a party there. It's like very dark energy. It was like a house built by John Lautner. Right. And like the yeah. 60s and the women walk in because we all know that they wear like the most insane like Brad Stahl outfits on these shows. And they walk in wearing these shoes that are like at least seven inches tall. And with huge platforms and I'm like and then but this house has like death traps around every corner like every square inch of that house is a lawsuit I bet you have to sign a release just to go inside like they have like windows it's like floating metal perforated and stairs windows that like completely open up that like on just like a ledge I'm like Jesus Christ and he, like and, and then they have a club in the house I'm like there's people that are just like constantly fucked up here yes there is a nightclub like, a lot of people that place yeah. is like is like has to have ghosts everywhere a lot of people have had to die there Anyway, don't I would, I would allegedly, allegedly. Or let's not even say allegedly. <laughs> let's just say let's just say it looks dangerous, but it's probably fine. But it was hilarious seeing them teeter around. I bet they did have to sign a release. It, and it probably while they were filming, I bet it took them half an hour to walk down the stairs. Anyway, that's my take on the first three episodes of Selling Sunset. We can revisit this next week if if and when I watch more. And Mary Lou is happily... And well, the reunion is on this week. Yeah. It, yeah. So I should actually watch that. And Mary Lou is happily broken up from Jason and is now dating some like other like a guy who doesn't have like public social media who looks very rich and he looks very attractive. So... I'm happy for her because I think that that is all that Good she for wanted. Her. And he seems to really like her and is sweet to her. Are we going to, do we have time for a product of the week? Yeah. Do you have yours ready to go? Are you mm-hmm. using it right now? I do. Nick is applying lip balm. If you're not watching this on our video exclusive on Patreon. My product of the week is the lip treatment by Biba D'Souza. Mm-hmm. She is a, she is Haley Bieber's dermatol- or, uh, facialist. You know, what I don't appreciate is that she's saying it's <laughs> the, it, the product is described as this iconic lip treatment. So it's like, let, let I'll, excuse me, I'll be the judge of that. But it helps. It's formulated to help plump, moisturize, and contour. But you know what I've been doing? And this is what my, my you know, product of the week is less of a product and more of a tip. If anyone gets really dehydrated in the winter, like, you know, like, uh, just like wakes up dry, your nose is itchy, like your nasal cavity is dry and your throat is scratchy when you wake up, like dry air, etc. I've been swiping this lip treatment inside my nose and on my lips when I go to bed. And it's made such a difference, like, with like how I feel when I wake up. Wow. It's like I like I don't feel raw and dehydrated. So cool. How much is it? Biba de Biba D'Souza's lip treatment, iconic lip treatment is $28. Love that. My product of the week is a really fun one. Well, it, I was going to do a lip product, but for variety's sake. And you're not going to believe whose brand it's from. Well, it's from it's from KVD Vegan Beauty, formerly known as Kat Von D. Kat Von D. But this is a new product called the Dazzle Stick. And it's basically like... Dazzle? Dazzle with a D. Dazzle. And it is a cream creamy like bullet in a lipstick tube but it is an eyeshadow stick and it comes i believe in four colors but i only recommend one of them and it is called lash storm 30 
I don't know why it has the word lash in it, but it does. And it is a duochrome, beautiful. It has duochrome pearl, not pearl, but like glitter flecks. And then, but it's in like a cool toned, almost rose gold, but more taupe, creamy metallic base. And Nick, I'm demonstrating for you. I can't see. It's like the you're frozen. You've been frozen basically the whole time. Oh, wonderful. Well, it's a beautiful, beautiful, beautiful metallic holiday. I so easy. You can shear it out. You can build it up. And it is just the prettiest color I've seen in a long time for an eye product. You can get it at Sephora. Would you do a little holiday eye tutorial on our Patreon? Maybe I could do that. I feel, Please. to be honest, I feel so self-conscious no. doing those makeup tutorials. Like I feel, it feels so desperate. Honestly, don't. Don't. We are. And we don't. Are, we, oh, we are desperate. Here's what I want to say. And this is, these are notes from our new producer, Mr. Jonathan Kornman. We will be dropping new episodes and we'll be literally dropping them uh, every Friday. Our extended video episodes, however, we're now we're now filming these uh, live and in the flesh on uh, the internet are dropping on Thursday on Patreon. So our Patreon subscribers, patreon.com slash eyewitnessbeauty will be getting a full 24-hour head start with video of everything we talk about each week. And uh, every first Monday of the month, starting next month, we're going to do a bonus episode where we answer reader questions. You can email a voice note or a written question to hi at eyewitnessbeauty.com. And we're going to answer all these questions in our bonus monthly episodes. And yeah. that, that that's all the news for season three. Because now we're in season three, we decided. And we're excited to be back with a new team. Yay. Hooray! Until, we did it! Until next week. This episode was edited by AJ Mosley and produced by Jonathan Kornman. If you enjoy the show, like and subscribe to Eyewitness Beauty on whatever podcasting platform you love and leave us a review on Apple Podcasts. Five stars, please. Subscribe to our Patreon where you'll find exclusive content, including Annie's thirsty makeup tutorials and extended video episodes and our monthly bonus episodes. 